Hey, you guys, it's me, Allison. Before the episode starts, I want to tell you guys about MeUndies. You've probably heard about them. They are so comfortable, such high quality. They're underwear. Perhaps I should have said that. MeUndies, I guess it's in the name. It's right there. And now they're introducing their All of Me collection, which is just for women. It's a four-piece line of undies designed specifically for the female body. They're the most comfortable underwear made from the softest materials, and they have the most perfect thong, brief, boy short, and bikini. Wear all four. I mean, not at the same time, unless you're into it. Perfect for whatever you do, lazing, dancing, taking over the world, podcasting. Free shipping inside the USA. For 20% off your first order, go to MeUndies.com slash Allison. Again, for 20% off your first order, go to MeUndies.com slash Allison for the most comfortable underwear you've ever put on your booty. Okay. And here is the episode with Brooks Whelan. Here we go. Allison. Hey everyone, hi, hello, it is me, Allison Rosen, and welcome to another episode of Allison Rosen is Your New Best Friend. I'm sitting here with comedian Brooks Whelan, whom you probably know from SNL. Baby. Girls. Baby. Stand up. Yes, that's the one I'm that's, you probably know me from. Right. That's how yeah. you probably know him. Uh the episode of Doug Loves Movies that both of us were on. Yeah, that was fun. Where I met you. Yeah, that was great. That was super fun. I just did uh getting Doug with high. Oh, how was that? I don't smoke a ton of weed. I got so stoned and then I just kind of was quiet for an entire episode. That's my fear with potentially yeah. Doing that show. Well, that and I've also been very public about the fact that I don't drink or do drugs anymore. Oh, yeah. So. You probably shouldn't do that. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> well, recently I smoked pot again for the first time in a super long time. So then I spent the entire time that I was stoned staring at a splotch on my leg thinking, is oh, that a no. varicose vein? Oh, no. So that was super enjoyable. <laughs> oh, this stinks. But then I was like, well, now that I've you know ripped the seal off, this opens up things like getting dug with high yeah. and at one day drunk history, but probably not. I don't think I'll drink again. Yeah. I don't know. I'd do both. Uh, I just, I'll be honest, the getting dug with high got me back into weed. I hadn't done it in a long time. And I think I'm at the first point in my entire adult life where I'm kind of happy mm-hmm. with where my career's at. So I don't, I didn't panic like normal. Is that so, what used to happen to you? Yeah. I would just be like, what if I don't make it? Like when I was on SNL, I'd be like, what if I get fired? I couldn't get high because I just think about getting fired. Before SNL, I was still, I still had a day job as an engineer. So I'd get high and be like, what if I never stop being an engineer? So just recently, I'm like, if I get high, I'm like, hey man, if this stays the same, that's all right. Like, <laughs> yeah. So many things to talk about. I'm just going to list them because that's what I do. Sure, list sure. some of them. The fact that you're happy with your career for the first time in a super long time, I'd love to know more more about that. I want to know more about your fears of getting fired and then when it happened, how you felt, because I read some quotes where you said that you kind of expected it. Um, Oh, yeah. That was kind of a misquote, too. Oh. Yeah. And then I also want to talk about the fact that you were an engineer. Let's just talk about the misquote then. So what? Oh, no, it wasn't really a misquote. It was just like right after I got um, fired from the show. Uh, I was doing a show at Largo. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I did a tour called Brooks Wheelan Falls Back on Stand Up Comedy Tour. <laughs> and it was great. And I was just doing a show at Largo and I was just trying to promote the Largo show and kind of stay away from SNL or whatever. And they're like, well, yeah, you're at SNL. Um, and, I, and I don't know. I just was like yammering. I was like, yeah, but when you get hired there, you expect to get fired because you do. Everybody, it's a very, um, 
unsure environment. Mm-hmm. Like nobody feels safe. And then they took that quote and they were like, he knew he was going to get fired. And <laughs> I was like, all right, well, I'm not going to fight that, I guess. Right. But so yeah, you were I, just commenting on the fact that it's a place where no one feels their job is Yeah. Secure. Like I, they were like, what was like there? I was like, well, when I got hired, I was like, well, I'm going to get fired because that's, it's, it's the least warm working environment I've ever been around. What's it like? It's just very tense, man. It's kind of like, um, sort of like gun to your head, be funny or you're fired, which is literally what, you know, it is true. Where great comedy grows. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, it just is what it was. I can't say it wasn't because I wasn't super funny. So I got fired. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just what it's like. Hey, be super funny. And if you are great and I respect the shit out of that show, um, but yeah, I got I got fired and it was it wasn't the most fun thing, but it wasn't the worst either. It wasn't like it was hell. It was just like, man, that was rough. That's all it is. The whole experience was rough or the the way it ended. The whole experience is just it's just a lot of anxiety, man. To be uh, a new guy on that show, it's a lot of anxiety, especially when I'm not getting on and I'm worried about getting fired and and the last thing I ever want to do is get fired like to, you know, achieve your ultimate dream. And then to not do well, I couldn't fathom that that would happen. So when it was happening, right. I was panicking, man. It's it's just, it was not, a, it wasn't, you know, it's not fun to not do well at your job that you want to do well at. And what were the indications that you weren't doing well? Because from the audience perspective, I was just like, oh, that guy's funny. They should use him more. Yeah, no, I mean, it's not like I was ever, I mean, I wrote on like 11 sketches that made it to dress rehearsal, which is great. I'd never written a sketch. Mm-hmm. So that was really, ex- I mean, I'd never written a sketch when I got hired there. I got hired off a stand up set and I didn't have any characters. And everybody who got, they hired like, I think eight people got hired that year throughout the year. And like everybody came in with like their whole, they've been doing UCB and Groundlings. Like they had all these characters and sketches. And I'd never done a character or sketch. So I was like starting at Ground Zero. And, and then I just went for it, you know, dove in and, and some stuff got on and it was awesome. But then the weeks it wasn't on, that was, it stunk, you know, just mm-hmm. really high highs and low lows. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I thought I had like a 50, 50 shot of going back and, and in show business, I feel like you always want to be a hundred percent, you know, like anytime I leave an audition, I'm like, maybe I don't, I know I didn't get it. But if I leave, leave when I'm like, I got that, I get that, you know, is that, has that been the situation with Yeah. Anytime I'm like a hundred percent on something is the only time it happens. Like when I auditioned for SNL, it went so well. I was like, I think I'm going to get on SNL. Uh-huh. And my girlfriend was like, don't say that. Like I was <laughs> like, I think you're going to do it. Yeah. It was crazy. Um, yeah. It was just, you know, it's, this show is filled for some of the best sketch writers and sketch comedians in the world. And I'm just good at stand up. What was your audition like? It was cool, man. I just did stand up and it went amazing. That's all that happened. I just went up and did, did some bits. It was and great. They don't require you to do any characters or anything. They, you're supposed to do characters and um, you're supposed to do like a couple of characters and a couple of impressions. And, and uh, I didn't do that because I thought I really like John Mulaney. He's one of my favorites. And um, he had auditioned with stand up and got hired to be a writer. And right. that was my, I was like, I'll just do stand up and get hired. To, and I did it. And then I did get hired to be a writer. They brought me in to write for the three weeks before the season started. And then, uh, then they put me in the cast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I've talked to Bobby Moynihan. He's the best man. That's the other thing. Everybody at that show is the best. It's just such a friend. Like everybody there is just kind of like, well, we're in this together, man. He's such a good guy. And he's talked, um, pretty openly 
talked to him both off air and he was on the show, just about the anxiety of being on the show. And he was saying that he rereads, I don't know how he's, how he feels now because this is a while ago, but that he would reread Jay Moore's Gasping for Airtime. Sure. Like over and over. Yeah. I mean, that life, I read that live from New York book while I was there and it really calmed me down in all honesty. The first 10 weeks weren't, were a whirlwind. And then the last 10 weeks, I kind of sat back and enjoyed it. And I was getting more stuff on. The last 10 weeks was, were great. I think there was like, Six episodes in a row where I got a sketch to dress, which is, was I was so happy about that. Um, yeah, and it was just more fun. And reading that live from New York book and just realizing everybody who who has ever worked there has had that anxiety, mm-hmm. uh, which was cool. I don't know. I was just talking with my girlfriend today, right before I came over here about- Is this the same girlfriend that told you not to say out loud that you- Might get SNL. Yeah, well, she's just rational. You know? <laughs> I just wanted to know if it was the same Yeah, one. yeah. No, but I- it was weird because in the kitchen, I realized just today, I just got back from Boston where I did like the Comedy Central half hour. Oh, cool. And like my goal when I was little was to be on Saturday Night Live and do a Comedy Central Presents. And I'm like, I'm 28 and I did the two things I wanted to do. But then I was like, but I don't know if SNL counts because it was only there a year. And then, then it was my girlfriend was like, ah, I think it counts. I, was I like, think I it counts. I don't know if it counts. Um, but it was cool. Like I just realized today, I was like, oh, I did the two things I wanted to do in my life. So I'm going to just your go list kill have- myself now. <laughs> Did your list have more things or was that it? I thought that those two were pretty unreasonable things. <laughs> like I was like either one. And then I was like, oh, they did both. Okay. But that's not bragging at all because, I mean, one of them was was a pretty epic bomb. Um, and the half hour isn't out yet. That could also be terrible. Who knows? <laughs> um, but still, I think – no, I it's think great. I'm not in the industry. I'm happy about people, it. Yeah, like I, yeah, I think that to, I'm not complaining. I'm very happy with with both of those things. But to the 99.999 percent of people, the fact that you were even on SNL, like sure. that's what they're focused on. Yeah, and it was great. Yeah, and I don't, I don't want to dwell on it or be the guy who just talks about it right. at all. But I don't mind talking about it because it is so interesting. Well, I and I can completely relate to that because you know I recently was let go very publicly yeah. from a job that I've been at for four years. And yeah, so all you get the- that. It's a very public, very yes. public thing. Yeah. And you don't want it to define you. Like if I Google search my name, I hate what comes up right away because I'm like, I, I don't mind that it comes up. I just want it pushed down a bit. No, you're absolutely, we're in the same boat. I yeah. just don't want SNL to define me at all, which is, you know, you just go out and do your own thing, right? which is what you're doing. It's awesome. That being said, can I ask one more question and then we'll move on? Totally. How did you find out that you weren't coming back? Oh, um, that's the other part of that. The, the, I've never said this before. I don't, I'll wait. I'll, I'll, I won't even bring that up later. I'll talk about it later. Well, just I was walking with my girlfriend in, on Houston mm-hmm. and it's pretty you know, vivid when you get hired and when you get fired from yes. that show. Uh, I was walking on Houston and uh, Avenue A, walking back to her place on 3rd and D. And it was just like a call from my manager and agent. And usually they're like, hey, what's up? And they were like, hey, dude. And I was like, uh, did I get fired? And then my manager goes, yeah, man. And I was like, oh, shoot, huh? Yeah. Were you joking when you said, did I get fired? I mean, it was glum. And it was on the day I knew that they were either, they had to renew you. So it was like, oh, here's the call. And uh, yeah, I got fired. But I mean, when you said it, was it like to get your manager to just cough it up or did you actually? Yeah, I was like, they were, you know, nobody wants to be like, hey, man, you got fired. Right. But I was like, did I get fired? And they're like, yeah. Uh, But then a lot of the producers, all the producers except Lauren, um, I went and had dinner with all of them. They're all super nice. Like, sorry, man, you know, you're really funny and hope, you know, this this shit happens. Was it Lauren? These things are Lauren's decision, right? Oh, yeah. 100% Lauren, for sure. Uh, But I totally, man, he gave me a job. Not 
I mean, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't mad at him because yeah. you're mad at anybody who fires you, but the guy gave me a job and he, he made the show that I love. So, you know, I think it would be weird if I was like, I don't, I'm not mad at all because you got to be a little mad, you know? Right. Totally. D- what were your dealings like with him while you were there? Uh, they're really at a minimal, you know, he, I talked to him before I got hired, I think to make sure that I wasn't a crazy person who's <laughs> talked about music and stuff. And then after you're in the cast, doesn't really talk a lot right. to you, especially as a new guy, maybe the older dudes for sure. And that person who had told you you'll be there for seven years. I don't even want to talk. I don't even want to broach that because it, it's, it's too, it's still fresh, you know? Okay. Um, yeah, it's, it's totally fine. And I don't even, it was at a party and probably they were drunk. It was totally chill. It was like after I'd had a good episode, you know, and they're like, I think you're going to be here a while, you know? And right. Then, and like then, they wanted you, know, you to be there. For sure. It's totally fine. It's not a big deal. Um, yeah. SNL was weird. It's over. <laughs> But you're super happy with where your career at, oh my is God. at now. That's the other part is like, if I was at SNL, I would have, right now I'd be filled with anxiety. Like, did I make it this, through this year? Like I would have done maybe like two or three more updates that were super fun. But, but instead I like worked on this hour and put out an album and then, and then working on this TV show now and, and do did the, did this half hour. I don't know. Things are good. It's What's fun. What's the TV show? It's like, it hasn't. It's still in like negotiations or whatever, so I can't. But it's like a show I pitched and gonna go right, so I'm stoked about it. Can you say? And if the answer is no to all of them, then we'll find out that in a moment. Can you say whether it's like a scripted thing? It's a, or- it's a scripted show that I, yeah, it's a scripted show. I'm gonna go right. I'm really excited about it, but I can't say like what it's about or what right. network or anything, right? Because it's not done. And your half hour Comedy Central, yeah, went I did super that. Well, that went super well. I I riffed. Uh, I was super loose. I riffed a joke I'd ne- I thought of the night before, like a three-minute bit that killed. I was just went up and just riffed. I, was, I did this bit that I'd never done. It, it was a character who uh, who gets furious at a party and tries to storm off, but he had rollerbladed there. <laughs> so just like two minutes of me screaming, I'm over this trying to put rollerblades on. It was really fun. Yeah, I thought I was just stoned in, in my hotel room. Uh, thinking about rollerblading and was, <laughs> the night before. I was like, well, I should do that tomorrow. That's hilarious. Yeah, it was really fun. It was super cool. And that's my favorite thing in the world to do is stand-up comedy. When did you get into stand-up? Uh, when I was 19 in Iowa. But I mean, I got into it when I was, you know, 10. I loved it. Right before, I, The other thing I did when I was stoned that night was I watched Mitch Hedberg's Comedy Central Presents. And I was like, dude, that's all you want to be. He's so loose. Mm-hmm. And ha- it is so loose. That's what I, all I like. It was so cool. Is being loose a thing that you struggle with? No, not. I think I struggle with being too loose. Too loose, for real. There's got to be some rigidity to it. Uh, that's the thing between LA and New York comedy, because I moved from Iowa to LA and was doing comedy out here for for five years, and that's when SNL picked me up. And I moved to New York thinking I was pretty good at stand up, um, and because I'd done like a TV spot and got to Montreal and then got hired at SNL and then I got to New York and I thought I would be good at it. And compared to New York standards, I wasn't yet because I was too loose. LA is super loose. Like at least I was. Mm-hmm. And then can, he, and can you explain a little bit what you mean by loose? Yeah. Yeah. I would just go up and just be having a good time fucking around. Like just, not doing joke, joke, joke. Yeah. Not joke, joke, joke. Just fucking around being like a fun dude on stage. And then I got to New York and I tried to do that. And it's like much more hardcore. Like, no. We need some fucking jokes, dude. And then, uh, <laughs> and then I started just hammering out jokes harder and faster. And then, it, like, it's like a more of a middle ground now, which I feel like for me is the best way. Not just like, 
not just like a dude dicking around up there, but also not a guy just standing there throwing mm-hmm. jokes out. And the sense that in New York, it was like, no, we need some jokes. Was that articulated to you or you just felt it? Felt it, man. I bombed for like the first month or two in New York because it's a different vibe completely and different, you know, like sensibility mm-hmm. between the audiences being there. Nobody, the comedy in New York is so amazing in LA too, but the shows in New York are filled with people. Every show is like a packed room versus in LA is dicey. Mm-hmm. You know, it's rare you get to do like a great show in LA versus in New York. Every show is really solid. I, in my limited experience doing, you know, performing comedy live, I noticed the venues in New York actually. My experience was sure. they have a better feel. They're smaller and Dude, they're, they're tighter and they're more intimate. They're great. It's just New York's this, a stand-up comedy town mm-hmm. for sure. I mean, I, nobody can disagree. So you kind of fell in love with it when you were ten. Who were the who were your guys? Or Mitch Hedberg, uh, Dane Cook, totally back at Napster. Um, when you downloaded his stuff, um, I mean, those are probably the two that I would I would just in high school listen to all the time. Uh, I mean, what who others presents? Nick Swardson's first presents mm. is one of the funniest ones of all time. I watched that the other day. Um, Gaffigan, of course, his presents where he's in front of like the corn and stuff. I remember that very vividly. I remember Pablo Francisco's presents. I don't know. I was just enamored with stand-up comedy. Jim Brewer's was so funny. I don't know if he had a presents. I just remember he had a pulp comics that I'd watched and I was obsessed with that. Here's where I sound like I'm 70 years old. But do you remember a time before Comedy Central? Because I think I do. I don't. Um, Yeah, I don't. Right. That's in, that's what I'm realizing as you're talking that like, oh, these Comedy Central. Yeah, these are all were this big, is like a big deal. Yeah, I was born in like 86. So like 90, like, you know, 98 through like 2005 is when I was truly just like becoming a so um, enamored with stand up comedy. And so and you, Adam Sandler, of course, and right. all of Saturday Night Live, which is which is weird that that show truly is. It's, you know, not my favorite show. I I can't watch it right now just because it's still kind of um, sure. a sore subject, but it's still that show is why I got into comedy because Adam Sandler used to go on Weekend Update and I was like, oh, okay, I want to do that. Did you have a favorite season? Whenever Sandler and Farley and those dudes were there, I mean, it was the best. I went back and watched like you have access to like every dress rehearsal when you're on your computer when you work there. And that mm. was like when I found that out, I just like. I just moved to New York, but I was staying in a hotel and I would just watch old SNLs and be like, what the hell's happening? Like, it was really <laughs> weird. It was great. Right. Right. If I were to ask your girlfriend, if I were to say to her, was it difficult to be with him in the aftermath of the firing? What would she say? Oh, for sure. I mean, I just dove into stand-up comedy so hard. I went out on like a five-month tour immediately and just did comedy for five straight months. And, it, and that's when I... Th- that's when things, I don't know, I just was gone because I was just like, I can't be in New York, mm-hmm. but her job was in New York. So I just went on the road and did like five months of stand up um, every night. We went to Europe and it, it was great. And then it ended with me putting out this album called This Is Cool, Right? Which came out in January that I'm like super proud of. What was the, like, how fast did you did you go on the road afterwards? Oh, I, I mean, right away. I had like a couple dates lined up. Um, and then as soon as I got fired, I was like, dude, stack the, like to my agent, I was like, I want to just go get, mm-hmm. become like a beast at stand up. Oh, well, that's weird to say, go become a beast at stand up. I just no. want to go get great at stand up. Right. But I'm um, just saying, was it like a week or like a month or? I don't know, man. I don't really remember when, I mean, I just remember I got fired. Um, 
And I got drunk with all my SNL pals like that night, like the guys who didn't get fired. <laughs> and uh, that must and- have been awkward. It was great, man. They're all my, they're really, they're still my, like some of my best friends for sure. Mm-hmm. That's what I miss the most is my pal, my friends that I used to work on that show with. Um, and then we just, I don't know. Then I went out probably that weekend and just hit the road doing stand up and talking mm-hmm. about it. It's like how I, I remember I got fired and I rode my bike immediately over to UCB and Chelsea and was like, can I do time? And they were like, yeah, absolutely. And I did like 30 minutes of stand up. Did you talk about it? in the stand-up? Yeah. I opened up, I opened up with like, Hey, I just got fired from SNL or whatever. And I did like 30 minutes and it was the ultimate, like, Oh, you're fine, dude. Like, cause I was, I was really bummed. And then I did stand up and I was like, what are you talking about? You're still can do this. Nobody can fire you from this. Right. Yeah. Right. And that's when I was like, I just want to do this for a while. Um, are you someone who, is that your way of dealing with stuff? Oh like my god! Putting it out in public for sure, man. When I went through this breakup, and uh, it was like probably like three months where I was just a bummer on stage, <laughs> like a really depressed guy on stage. So yeah, I can't. Uh, if I'm in a shitty mood, I'll have I'll be grumpy on stage, and if I'm in a great mood, I'll be really happy on stage. Mm-hmm. I can't fake it, right? And when was this breakup? I dated a girl for like seven years. We moved out here from Iowa together, and we broke up when I was 25. She broke up with me when I was 25. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, yeah, I just didn't deal with it great. I moved into like a drug house in Los Feliz. Oh, really? Yeah. It was like, like there's a lot of comics live there, but there's some other comics who were like, who, some other people who were just like hanging out doing drugs. And I was mm-hmm. like, what's that all about? Yeah, it was crazy. It was, was that your first experience? Yeah. With like, with like not just drinking, totally. It was super fun. It was super fun. But then I had to like rein it back in and like. What drugs were you doing? I mean, just like the, I mean, I don't like know. Like just the ones that involve needles? No needles. Yeah, no. I mean, oh, just, I there's don't other wanna, ways of doing those. Yeah, though. I was just like <laughs> s- smoking a lot of weed. I mean, I guess my parents probably know because they have jokes about cocaine, but then we were like messing around with that and then getting really depressed, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I have a joke that says cocaine should be called, oh no, it's tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> that, like, whenever it's offered, someone should say, who wants to panic alone in their bed later? Uh huh. Yeah, just, <laughs> just real dumb stuff. Yeah. It was just fun. It was do, you know, mushrooms and whatever, psychedelics. It was. It was just a weird, weird year where I was still an engineer during that whole time. Right. It's crazy. I used to always get depressed the day after uh, drinking or and, and doing drugs. Yeah. Uh, not that I did a ton, but for me, any amount I think was too much. And I, so I would feel really, really depressed the next day. And I just assumed it was my own guilt. But then a friend was like, don't forget, these are chemical depressants. Yeah, they're bad for you. I, You know what pulled me out of it was getting hired at SNL because it was the house. I was living in this house where it was just around all the time. And then as soon as I got hired at SNL, I had, um, I was like, well, I can't, I can't, I don't want to let any of my own problems mess this job up for mm-hmm. me. So I just quit all drugs and I quit drinking except for like, you know, after the show or whatever. Um and then that after that I was like really happy again. I was like, oh, that's what it is. You yeah. were you had these you were doing these dumb drugs and you were they make you so sad. <laughs> they make you so sad. Yeah, they do. Right. They like dump your serotonin and yeah. you're like, ugh. So where are you with all of that now? Oh man, I'm great. Like I camp a lot. I mean, I drink beer, but not a ton. Like I got real drunk after I did the half hour taping, but that was the first time in a while. Um, and yeah, I just go camping and hang out with my girlfriend. Do you? feel like you're someone who has a tendency to have substance abuse problems oh sure i mean but i just get i love anything to the like i like i don't go to vegas because i love to gamble you Mm -hmm. know like 
I don't do shots. Like I don't drink hard alcohol, which is like, thank God. Like, I'm just like, no way. I don't, like, I just drink beer, which is lucky. And then I run a lot mm-hmm. to like not get fat. Do you run in an addictive manner? Because it sounds like, is, am I correct that what you're saying is you have an addictive personality? Oh, for sure. Yeah. No, I just, I run in a way that makes me happy. It makes me happy. Like it, if I'm hungover, I'll go run. Mm-hmm. And then I feel better afterwards. It's like a way to um, get unhung over as quickly as possible. Right. Yeah. So you grew up in Iowa. Grew up in Iowa. Do you have siblings? Yeah. Two older brothers who are pretty cool now, but mm-hmm. they they sucked when I was little. <laughs> what were they like? Like mean dudes, you know, like mean older brothers. We lived <laughs> way out in the woods and I didn't, you know, nobody lived around me and my brothers didn't really want to hang out. So I just kind of hung out in my room with stuffed animals a lot. Stuffed animals were my thing too. Yeah. Yeah. More than dolls. Dude, I, I have like maybe 15 minutes on my album about playing with stuffed animals. <laughs> I'm being for real. What was your favorite? A Furby. I taught it how to talk and would pet it. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> what are your parents like? They're real chill, man. I mean, I don't know if they're super chill. They're good though. They're chi- they're great. I mean, I haven't lived with them or really seen. I've seen them like once every a couple times a year ever since I was eighteen. Really, you know. So you just took off when you could. Well, I went to University of Iowa, um, but then I would, which was only an hour and a half away. But I stayed there because I loved school so much. Like it was great, and I got a biomedical engineering degree. And I would spend summers like in Kansas City and Chicago doing stand up. And then I moved to LA um, as soon as I took my last final mm-hmm. when I was 22. And then I've been out there ever since. I'm fascinated by this biomedical engineering degree. Sure. Just because not a lot of comedians come in with that. Right. Well, I mean, when you're 18, it's bullshit that they're like, what do you want to do forever? And you're like, I don't know. They're like, pick now. You need to pick now. <laughs> and so I was just, I was dating. The girl that I was dating was like, I'm going to be a mechanical engineer. And I was like, all right, I'll be a biomedical engineer. Um, and, and what, what is a biomedical engineer? It's like, it's basically you take all, it's like a more specialized mechanical engineer is mm-hmm. really what it is. Like if I were, if anybody's like, I want to be an engineer, I'll be like, be a mechanical engineer because it's more broad. You can work more places. Biomedical engineer, I kind of pigeonholed myself, but I was thinking about being pre-med just because I was smart in like high school and shit. Um, so biomedical engineers, you just take all these mechanical engineering classes, you know, like physics and circuits and, and calc four and and but then you also throw in a ton of biology so then you also take you know biology human anatomy human physiology chemistry all, all that stuff um what's the application of it ultimately so then my first job i worked at a heart valve company in irvine california it was like the number one heart valve manufacturer like in the world i didn't know that irvine can claim that yeah wow, it's irvine. great irvine is a, is a real hub for biomedical engineering companies there's a bunch of them um and then I would just worked on when you first start engineering, they don't give you a ton to do because you don't know how to do it yet. It's really, you know, it's like any degree. You don't know how to be a professional right away. You just proven that you could figure it out. Right. So uh, what I did there was I just tested heart valves, like I fatigue tested heart valves where I open and close them in these machines. Um, these are artificial heart valves. Yeah, yeah. So if you have a bad heart valve, replace it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like Arnold Schwarzenegger has one of our the one that we made, and Larry King stuff like that. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. They so would it's come a real and, celeb spot. They would come. Well, <laughs> I mean, they would come and talk and be like, "Thank you so much." You know, like it would be like, "Oh hell yeah!" Uh, it was great. Uh, well, it wasn't great. I wasn't great at it, but I would. You know, I was. I wasn't bad at it. Um, I talk about this in my album too about getting fired from that job. I went crazy. What happened? Because I was living in Huntington Beach. Going to work at like six in the morning, leaving work at like four, driving to LA to do open mics, then getting back to Huntington Beach at like 
two in the morning, then going to bed, sleeping for four hours and doing it again. And I just lost my mind after two years. I had a cool boss. I had a super cool boss. Then he left and another lady came in and she was my new boss and we did not get along. And that lasted like two months before I was fired. And when you say go insane. I just meant like I wasn't sleeping. Um, I was so deep into the stand-up comedy rabbit hole that they don't like when you treat your biomedical engineering job that they pay you a lot. They don't like when you treat it like Papa John's, you know, <laughs> like that's what I was doing. Like punching a time card. Yeah. I was just, I didn't give, I have, I talk about all of this. Like I didn't care what anybody thought about me. I was like a sociopath around there because I just do what I wanted and <laughs> mm-hmm. didn't care. Um, it was, yeah, I just didn't give a shit what anybody thought about me. And, and you got to, you can't do that at your job. Right. Like my thing was like, I'm getting my work done. So who gives a fuck? And they're like, well, you, you leave at one every day. I was like, but my work's done. They're like, well, you can't leave at one, you know? And I was like, I was like, well, you just want me to look at a computer? And then I tweeted some stuff and they fired me. That is actually something that uh, I feel like I've learned more and more as I've gotten older. And I was recently giving this advice to someone who was upset that she had gotten a negative review at work. And the thing is, she was she's a little more talented than everyone else on the job, so sure. she can get her work done faster. And she got a negative review, and they were saying like she doesn't seem to you know care about improving or something. But she's already at the top. And I was saying to her, my sense of it, and this is only something I've learned as a seventy year old woman. Sure. And by that I mean in my early working days, I didn't get this. It's like it is more important to the higher ups that you have a good attitude than that you're super good at your job. And I fucking hate that. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It's all politics everywhere is like, you got to be liked, you know? Yeah. that's And you got to be liked by the right people, really. Yes, exactly. Is what it is. Um, yeah, and I just didn't give a shit. And when I got fired, I remember I had a different girlfriend at the time and I, I went home and I was like, I guess I'm just a full-time comedian now. And she was like, no, no you're not, you can't do that yet. Uh, <laughs> so then I ended up going and working at a startup. Uh, company that came out out of Caltech for the next two years. And I fucking love that. What was that? I don't want to throw their name out there. Um, but we worked on interocular lenses. They were the coolest. That means lenses that are inside. Yeah, If you you get cataracts, we were working on replacing them and Mm -hmm. that fucking ruled like what it is, is I don't like corporate. I don't like, I can't get behind like a a $5 billion a year company. I'm like, who gives a shit? I don't know the president of this company, but when it's a tiny company and I'm like, I like my boss. I want to work hard for this guy. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. Um, this thing where you had sort of disconnected and didn't give a shit what anyone thought about you. Are there other instances in your life where you had done that? I mean, I just kind of do that in my life. If I don't care, if I don't, if I don't care about a situation, I don't really, I, don't, I just check out mm-hmm. and I leave. I don't put my, I, if I don't like something, I don't do it at all. Like I haven't never been to like a friend's wedding because I'm like, I don't want to go. <laughs> I like you, man, but I'm not going to fly back to Iowa for it. You know, like, yeah, just don't do stuff I don't want to do, which my girlfriend calls insensitive. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> she, yeah, I just don't. Yeah. Like, how does that work in relationships? I do everything for my girlfriend because I love her. But um, like recently she went, she went back to like her niece's graduation. And I don't, I like, I don't care about my own graduation. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to go to anybody else's graduation. Um, So I went camping instead by myself. Yeah. It's just. Just don't do stuff I don't want to do. Right. Did you get super good grades in high school? Yeah. Yeah. Like 4.0. Wow. Like a 3.9 in college too. I just, I don't know what it, I get. You're like, I don't know what it is. I'm just really good. No, I I'm don't. Really I just don't. Um, I've never, 
this is a weird thing where I've never missed a homework assignment like in my life, or I've never not turned anything in or taken a test. Well, see, it's interesting because for a lot of people, you're saying you don't do things you don't want to do. For a lot of people, all of that is stuff they don't want to do. Yeah, but like, it's it was different. I don't know. I just don't. Uh, that was what was weird about SNL is the first time I ever failed at anything, mm -hmm. except for wrestling. I grew up wrestling, and I, f I wasn't that great at wrestling. I wanted to be. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I was like, you figure this out. You just, it's like, I don't know, maybe like an Iowa thing or no, it's just like a person thing. Like you're like, well, it sounds like you'd experienced a lot of, you were personally effective and successful in what you apply when you applied. Yourself. Yeah. I was just like, put all your, just fucking go for it, man. You did this, try your hardest, make it work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I mean, I wouldn't go to a lot of classes and I cheated in college and stuff, you know, like I'd put, I'd put answers in my in my calculator, shit like that. Really? In oh, your yeah. scientific calculator? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just filled with all the answers. Where do you put answers? If you have like a like a high up calculator in like a high up physics class, you can just like import a word document into your calculator, and then you just have like a book in your calculator. Was everyone doing it? I don't know. I was, <laughs> and it wasn't telling a ton of people about it. Right? Yeah. If you hadn't done that, though, would I feel like you probably still would have? Uh... Probably not an A plus. I got an A plus <laughs> in that one. Really, you didn't. Ex you didn't. You didn't feel like you should just mess up on a couple. So it was not such give a big class. Away? No one knew who I was. It's like five hundred kids. Wow. Yeah, I've never been in a class that big. Yeah, it was like a, well, maybe not five hundred, maybe two hundred. That still, but it was huge. still a huge class that I, the professor didn't know. Kids, you know, it's like right. just one of those mega huge physics classes. So now that you're a full-time comedian, do I feel you like a like I'm bragging. I don't want to brag. This I don't is, think you're bragging. Okay. I think this is interesting. Yeah, I just I don't know how to not try my hardest. Mm -hmm. I can't phone shit in. But you but you phoned in the uh, Irvine company, right? I, but that's the thing. But I did all my work. It was all done, and it was done well. I just didn't get along with my boss. Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting because you and I set up this uh, this time to do the podcast. Sure. There's a little back and forth about what time it was going to be. And with certain people, I will send a follow-up to confirm. And all the, and I, I like to do that. Like, I should have done that. And all of a sudden, I realized I hadn't done that with you. And I was like, I wonder – because I sort of always with comedians, especially ones that I – if I don't know them that well, I'm like – It'd be super easy for them to just not show up because they forgot or whatever. Yeah. Um, but you were super on on the spot. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm so I don't know if I'm super organized. I'm not really organized. I miss stuff. I miss meetings, but this I don't know. I was excited to come do this. I like you. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Do yeah. you consider yourself responsible? Um, highly responsible, but not with maybe with my own self interests. Health? Yeah, like because I will like overindulge, right? You know, like I'll I party like a I party like a maniac for a long time. Like, I was thinking the other day about how like I believe like in my brain I'm like I'm lived to be like 110 for sure, easy. But then I'm like, <laughs> but I drink. I'll be lucky to do 50. Like, yeah, I don't take I don't not like the healthiest person, you know. I think when I met you, um, you were talking about how you were like hitting it pretty hard. <laughs> But you were going to take the next month off or I don't that know, you had, right. you had segmented your partying. Yeah. I don't know if it was months or seasons. That's what I do. Or... Yeah. That's what I, definitely what I do. I so took, what do you I, do? I took like, I took um, a week off before I did the half hour taping mm -hmm. because one time I went on, the one time I went on Seth Meyers 
um, I like drank all night and then woke up and was like, shit, I got to go be on Seth Meyers. Uh, <laughs> and I was just like fat on Seth Meyers and I'm super vain. So I was like, I can't have that happen again. So I took like a week <laughs> off of drinking and went to Yosemite and, and uh, like hiked around and then feel great. That's the other part that like, um, I don't know why I drink because like when I don't drink, I feel amazing. So like, why do you feel like then? Superman? But then I get worried. What if my career isn't great? And then I drink and I'm like, you're fine. You know, it's just fun. It's like a thing to like dull the senses and pass time. Right. Have Have you been in therapy? Um, I went twice and I, I it was after that breakup. And then I was like, ah, that's ain't for me. And I bailed. What didn't you like about it? I just didn't. I was like, what? I don't know, man. I didn't like much about it. I was. I went to an acting class one time. Like, and I just feigned. I just. If I don't want to be there, I just bailed. Like, I was in an acting class like ten minutes in, and I pretended. I got a phone call. I was like, my friend got in a wreck, and I just left. That was acting. That, yeah, I don't know why I didn't book that. <laughs> um. But I should take acting classes, man. I don't know how to act. And you were good in girls. Thank you. That was. But I. I can do it. But that's like, that's what I said in this to this acting person or whatever. Like, you should take classes. Like, but I'm fine and girls are like, that was improv. You're good at mm. improv. Because yeah. we just, you know, Lena wrote some lines and then we did them and then we just had fun for like an hour. And if you have a fun for an hour, you're going to look natural in something there. And right. Plus, they're just, she's, she was directing it and she's the fucking best. So it just come, came across well. How did you meet her? She hosted SNL when I was there and she was there at like a weird week where I got two sketches in, which w- was very like rare for me. So she was like, this guy's actually funny. And I was like, you're, okay. Yeah, you're right. yeah. <laughs> and then she contacted you and said she wanted to put you in the show or. Yeah. Well, I had brought up that I was from Iowa or something. And then she was like, oh, we're going to Iowa in my show. And then she had hit me up of like, do you want to play a guy that from Iowa? And I was like, oh my gosh, that's hilarious. That would be great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So here I'm completely, completely overstepping my bounds as a podcast host no. and potential friend, but someone who you don't know that well yet. Sure. Uh, here it goes, though. Here's my question. So you're saying that you drink a lot and then you'll take a week off and you'll feel amazing yep. and then you'll have these thoughts. But then I get anxiety. You get anxiety and then you, that causes you to drink again. Sure. It does seem to be working for you, this system. But here's my question. What if you were to work through the anxiety some other way so that then it didn't make you need to drink again. And then you could just feel good not drinking more of the time. Also, I don't want to say that I need to drink because of anxiety. I drink because I have a fucking blast. I'm hanging out with my friends at a bar. I'm, I'm from Iowa, man. The Midwest, people pound booze. Like, it's just what we grew up doing. Um, it's not like I drink to like feel okay. It's just like drink because I'm like, dude, hey, it's Saturday night. I'm with my pals. Let's grab some beers. You know, it's right. Oh, I know. I'm just saying that I think that why don't why don't I just work through? Well, shit? I'm just what that sounds, sounds so judgmental. Was no, no. I guess I'm wondering. Yeah, have you considered trying to deal with the anxiety? Yeah, I mean, but I don't know how. You know, I don't have a ton of it anymore. Like in New York, it was real bad before mm-hmm. I left New York. Um, I had a ton of anxiety because also it's so easy to drink there. I really like nature and camping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's not a lot of that in the city. No, but out here it's great. I bought like an Outback and I just like cruise around and camp. I um, I think that's what helps me the most. Whenever I'm out in nature, that's when I realize like, dude, the world's fucking awesome. Is that when do you get perspective? Yes, that, yeah. that's what it is. When you get out and you get a little perspective on like, why do I have why do I have any reason to be sad in my right. life when things are going? Not like things are going well, 
I have no reason to have a sad thought in my brain, but they're there. You know what I mean? I have sad thoughts all the time. Exactly. You're doing great. You have a cool dog. You have this sweet <laughs> podcast. Like There's people with it so much, but when you leave and you gain perspective, you're like, dude, what the fuck am I bummed about? But, yeah. then, but then you're like, I don't know, but you are. Like, right. But right. I'm not that bummed. I'm actually pretty stoked lately. When, does the, when do the sad thoughts hit you? For me, it hits right as I'm waking up usually. Oh, dude, I'm usually pretty happy in the morning. I think I get the most frustrated. If I'm up past like one mm. and that's like when shit will bug me and I'll usually tweet like uh, I'll get pissed at a commercial and I'll <laughs> fucking be like, like you need more money. Name put celebrity. Here. Right. That's when I get upset about it. I think just like late at night and then I wake up. I'm like, well, I'm going to take that tweet down. <laughs> <laughs> Do you find yourself deleting a lot of tweets? Not a lot. I kind of. But in New York, when I was upset living in my tiny rat hole apartment, I was, you know, it was definitely like if you looked at my Twitter then versus now, you'd be like, it was getting a little angrier back then. Yeah. <laughs> now it's just like, ah, this guy's got a fun ponytail. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> I, I sort of think, oh, here's a theory I'm working on. And if it's true, then it's probably someone else's theory. If it's not, then it might be mine. Um, I think people are probably either – you either tend towards depression or you tend towards anxiety. Sure. Although you can have both. And I'm someone who I sort of go the depression route more often, but a lot of people in my family have anxiety. But recently I felt very anxious about something and it hit me a super obvious thing, but all of a sudden – I bet it, like it hit me that anxiety is such a physical feeling. It's not really – cerebral whereas depression it's all of it but it's a lot of thoughts but for me my feeling my experience of anxiety was like oh no it, i just feel like my whole body is doing fight or flight yeah like it's a very very uncomfortable holy shit i got a uh, sure. feeling is that how it was for you i don't know i mean for me it's just my brain doesn't stop and i get nervous that people that i'm an asshole or i'm or, or i talk too much or i'm you know full of myself um, and that terrifies me. Are these things you've been accused of? No, not really. But I mean, yeah, I just don't want to be, I just want to be, I don't want to be a dickhead or, <laughs> or too full of myself. Right. It almost, uh, stab in the dark, but is it, do you think it has anything to do with having been so good in school? Like standing sort of standing out for being excellent young and yeah, feeling- but I didn't really, I just, I didn't really stand out for being super excellent. You know, I didn't take any AP classes. I just liked fucking chilling in school. It was pretty laid back. I don't know where I. I think I just have like, like anxiety. Like I don't know. My mom has a lot of anxiety, you know, and and then just like growing up with these older brothers who are crazy, and then my dad's kind of crazy. It just like like kind of like a, was just really quiet growing up. Mm -hmm. And then I think just always worrying. I worry so much. Like I, I, that's what I would say. I would do the. I do the most is worry. I just like really worry about like. Oh, is that okay? Is this okay? Did I talk too much there? You know what I mean? Like, yes. That's what, that's what I hate. Like I recently did the Sasquatch Music Festival and um, I like – and uh, I mean I saw Father John Misty and it was it blew me away. It was so good. And then we were hanging out backstage and then he came over after and we were hanging out with him. And I feel like I just jabbered like way too much of like, oh, you're the coolest guy in the world, man. You know, because <laughs> I was real drunk. And then like I woke up in the morning and just, and I was like, no, like that's what happens. Like, oh, dude, you talked way too much last night. Why can't you be cool, man? I think that's what I worry about the most. It's like, why? you know what's cool? Not talking all the time. <laughs> like that's my thing with Periscope is like people are like you should do Periscope. And I'm like, I already 
have a huge fear that I overshare my life. Mm-hmm. Like I don't need to share more. I feel like I should start closing some things off. But for the benefit of whom? To not just like I'm just thinking about like the artists that I grew up loving. They don't they weren't out there. I don't know everything about Adam Sandler when he was in his twenties. I don't know mm-hmm. everything about Richard Pryor. You know what I mean? I mean, I know what they told me on stage, but I didn't see him being like, Time to get in the shower. <laughs> like Yeah. Yeah, which I fear that I do too much. Like Instagram and I love Instagram so much, but I like photography a lot. Like when I was little, I wanted to be a photographer. Um, and now that I have a uh, iPhone camera and Instagram, I can be my own shitty photographer. <laughs> That's what it is. It just gives us false senses of what we can do. So many filters. So many, it's so easy to make a shitty shot look amazing. Mm-hmm. It's bullshit. I got on this whole high horse. I love music so much. And Jack White is like the dude I could listen to all day. With That's his, my like, husband's favorite. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Dude, he rules. He just, I mean, he's like, you know, kind of sociopathic, but that's awesome. Who wants a, who wants a down the middle rock star? I love when a guy's <laughs> a little out there. I love him. I really admire him. And he has this whole, this whole thing of like, he used to upholst, do upholstery um, and like he could upholster like uh, a chair with like three sutures or whatever like mm-hmm. one in each corner and one in the middle and any more of that was you didn't need it and any less wouldn't work it's like the minimal amount of work to do a perfect job and i got obsessed with that and he's like taking a photo used to you used to taking a photo and then not doing anything with it is the sign of like a true photographer mm-hmm. like you could do this on your own so i got on like a high horse of like trying to just instagram with no like not messing with it at all and that lasted like a month and i'm like <laughs> all right i'm not a photographer i got i need the help man yeah uh daniel that's my husband his thing about jack white is that uh jack white i guess you know it's like art within certain constraints like art that has a structure yes. to it and i'm always You're like totally- fuck that yeah. i like uh all of it included you're totally yeah there's both sides are totally right yeah, but I love – yeah, I like – I just get super into music. Mm-hmm. Um, Have you ever played? Do you play? No, no, no. I You know, I wish. I had a guitar. There was one point in Huntington Beach where I owned two guitars and two surfboards. I couldn't use any of them. You have to in Huntington Beach. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know how to surf or play guitar. I was did, just, you, did you try to do either? Oh, all of the time. <laughs> yeah, I was always paddling out. But I feel like it was very Iowa of me to I, – I, was trying to surf for like the first four months I lived there. And then somebody gave me a boogie board mm-hmm. and I was like, Ooh, <laughs> you just get to lay on your belly and you don't have to worry about this giant surfboard smash in your face. Like, <laughs> and I was like, I'm just going to have fun. And I just boogie board now. See, I kind of think to go back to this idea of, did I talk too much? Did I say anything? Do I have anything to feel embarrassed about? Yeah. I kind of think everyone has those thoughts. Everybody does. I remember Tim, Tim Robinson is one of the funniest people in the world. He he was a cast member at SNL and like he wrote at SNL when I was there. He's the best. He's him and this other guy Zach Cannon were my two best friends there, and this other guy Michael Che. Um, but I told Tim one day because I was always drink like around the office, like have a few beers, and I was like, I was like, Tim's like, why do you do that or something? I was like, because man, I feel like I need three beers to be as normal as everybody else. He's <laughs> like, no, everybody feels like how you feel. They just know how to handle it, man. Like, and I was like, you're totally right. Like, yeah, you, I, everybody just is more mature about it than me. You said that your biggest fear, or you didn't say it exactly that way, but you're concerned with like, just be cool, wanting to be cool. Yeah, and, be chill. And I don't know, respected is the biggest. You just want to be respected by your by the people that you respect. What were you like in, uh, I mean, you were super smart, but what were you like in high school or grade school? It's really 
okay, I grew up in a really, really small town and I was kind of made, I wasn't the coolest. I played with stuffed animals a lot. Like I played with stuffed animals. I loved Pokemon. Um, and your peers knew this? Yeah, yeah. You know, mm. well, it's a thing where you grow up in a small town and everybody knows you from five years old. Right. Everybody knows you at five. And then you're trying to date those girls like <laughs> eight years later. Like, no, no, no. I remember that you wore sweatpants until ninth grade. Like, <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. So it was weird. And then I moved to a different high school in this place called Dubuque, Iowa when I was in ninth grade. And it was like, I was like, you can just start over. And I was super cool there. I was just pretty mellow. Mm-hmm. And well, not mellow. I was a psycho. What am I talking about? I was always jumping off, like swimming in the mall fountains and recording it, like doing sketch stuff and just putting it everywhere. I was just making a lot of videos. But you were cool, meaning like people liked you. Yeah. You're yeah. popular. It was, I mean, popular, but not in like the, not in like the cliche popular way of like, you King know, of the quad in the yearbook, that kind of thing. Yeah. No, but like in the like, hey, what's up? You know, like, <laughs> like, could sit at any lunch table, you right? Know, like, because I don't know, I don't know, but just like, but before was that, was having fun. It was just having fun. I didn't give a fuck. I had a really weird. It's weird when you're in like high school. I had the thing that the opposite of what I have now of no fear at all. Like I didn't care to embarrass myself, which I mean I don't now. I go on stage, but like I was the most confident fifteen year old you've ever <laughs> met, which is bizarre. What you do know? you make of that? I don't know. Just didn't know any better. Naivety or whatever. I was too naive or I don't know. Just super confident. When did you, when did you lose that? I don't know if I have, man, to be honest. It's just now I know how to articulate how I really feel inside. Like I'll go shout anywhere. Like I can put on a, a, a straight face and pretend like I'm not intimidated mm-hmm. when I am freaking out inside, you know, like SNL. Like I was scared, but then- you know, you just go out and you do it. Right. But then on the inside, you're like, ah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about that, that earlier, actually, I was thinking about how I don't get stage fright, but I start to feel really tired before something that I'm afraid to do. Sure. Um, Which I actually, I'm going to drop a name here. I had just, I never thought much about it, um, except I was interviewing Kevin Nealon before he was about to go on stage at something. And I said, do you get nervous? And he said, no, I just start to feel tired. And I was like, ooh, I do that. That's awesome. He's Um, so nice. He's super nice. I barely met him, but he was just very kind. But so I was thinking about this feeling I have before I do something that I'm afraid to do. And it's like this tired sort of not being totally present and then I always just trust that when I – it's like a live TV thing or like mm-hmm. a, a high-pressure meeting or something like that. I just trust that in that setting, something will take over and I'll do it. But I was thinking how weird – it's weird though that I just trust that and maybe I shouldn't just trust it. Maybe I should focus more on trying to like fully be 100% present. Yeah. But that can freak you out more that, though. Like, like before I did the half hour, I never write sets out anymore. Never. I just go up and like we'll figure it out. Um, and I trust my instincts with stand up. But before the half hour, I was like, you know what? Let's let's just double check. <laughs> and I wrote a set out, and I knew everything I was going to do before I did it, which is really rare. And uh, I got to say, it, it calmed my nerves to not be like, to be totally prepared. We're going to figure it out when we get there. It really calmed me down to be like, I know what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And then went out, and then it, it helped. It helped me so much. It was one of the best performances I've had maybe in my life just because it was committing really hard to bits that I don't always commit to um, and just knew where I was going to go for the first time ever that I was like, maybe I should, I'm going to start writing sets out. Yeah. And it helps my, it just helps kind of be aware of what, for me personally, what I'm going to do up there. 
So have you done that since? I mean, I did. I recorded it two nights ago. I just oh. got back from Boston <laughs> last night. So, so then probably you haven't had a chance yet. No, I have a set tomorrow. That's, but there's this other thing that me and my friend were talking about. You have like the post late night blues, like mm-hmm. stand up comedians. Like I remember I did Conan. And then that night I went and did a show at Largo and I did terrible at Largo because I was like, what the, f- I just fucking did the thing and it didn't, now I got to go do the other thing. Like I was like, you just have this like little blues you need to get over of like, well, th- I worked forever for that and it's over mm-hmm. and nothing changed. Like, yeah, that, but uh, I hope I don't have that after the half hour. I don't think I will because I've got new new material I'm excited about. And not that the reaction should uh, mold the experience entirely, but unlike just a like late night appearance, the half hour will have a longer life. Yeah, it's longer life, and also I think I'm slightly more, hopefully more mature now of like realizing like this isn't going to change anything. Like that's the thing you got to realize. Like when you get in show business, like it's not one thing. Mm-hmm. It's not like I did that and a smooth sailing. Like yeah, I just realized now. I was like, that's just a thing. Hopefully few people will see it and and then they'll want to like buy my album or come see my show right but it's not going to be like well here's the keys now like, <laughs> to yeah. what the city to to america right yeah right um are you a serial monogamist yeah totally big time uh yeah i had a girlfriend for like seven years then i had that one year of lunacy in that house and i've been with this my girlfriend now for two years and she's like the coolest best person like i've ever met and like probably keeps me from going she not probably she keeps me from going crazy like if she wasn't with me at snl i would have been a basket case Mm. so she rules yeah but um i love her a ton and we'll probably we'll probably get married how'd you guys meet um i'm very confident with uh the ladies picking up ladies yeah (laughs) i have this like a crazy amount of confidence which i don't know what it is uh except for an odd I'm getting better at auditions, but it used to be I wasn't good at auditions. Um, I just think you have to go on a bunch of them, but who knows? Maybe I'm just shitty at acting. Um, but yeah, I just met her. She was at a party and I just walked up and I said like, hey, you're a babe. We should go on a date. That was your line? Uh, and I had a, I had a, there was a leaf on the ground. I go, I got, I got you that leaf too. And then, yeah. And then, and then my, my move was to always give them my phone number to be very not aggressive. Uh-huh. I'd be like, I'll give you my number if you want to go on a date. Um, text me, but if not, don't worry about it. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, and then she texted. It was great. And you guys have been together ever since. Yep. Have you ever experienced uh, a lack of confidence with the with women? No, I'm crazy. But uh, but my thing is, when I was single, it was never to be. Here's what it is: if somebody comes up to me and was like, "Hey, you're really cute. Um, would you want to like hang out or go on a date?" And if I wasn't into it, I would just say no, but thanks. You know, I wasn't like, I just thought about it the other way of like, nobody's ever upset. Somebody approached them and said they found them attractive. Um, as long as it's not in a creepy way, like, hey, what's up? You know, right. Like, so I would just like go up and I'd be like, hey, I, you're really, you're really, you're really beautiful. Uh, if you'd want to hang out, that'd be cool. Like, it's usually, I mean, bars don't, I never would pick up girls at bars. It would always be at like places where, like, uh, like at like house parties. Mm-hmm. Or like, right, so you're not just or super in the random. Yeah, like just yeah. You know, in the like neighborhood, around. could be creepy. Yeah. Well, I mean, I picked up like a girl in a parking lot one time, uh, in at Sunset Beer and Wine, and then we went to like Hawaii like a month later. Wow. Yeah, which was pretty weird, but it was cool. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I was just like told that girl, I was like, "Yeah, hey, you're cool. You have cool pants. We should date." And she's like, "What?" I was like, "Ah, okay, maybe." Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I don't know. I just I don't feel like um, that's offensive. Right. 
But I, wasn't, yeah. I wouldn't do it a lot. No, you know? I think interest is, is always appreciated and fine. It's when there's any sort of pressure or obligation, then it, it creeps people. It, of both sexes, it creeps them yeah, out. Yeah, no, no, yeah. No, at no point was I ever trying to be gross. Mm-hmm. And I, I was also very, uh, very super self-aware, I hope, that I'm like, look, if you want to mace me, I would get it. But please <laughs> don't. <laughs> Did girls ever turn you down? Um, I don't know. I mean, I never made it. I would never be like on the spot decision, but totally. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because I mean, I just like text them. They just wouldn't text back or something. Totally happens. Yeah. And your girlfriend now lives in New York? No, she, I met her in Los Angeles. Um, and I got SNL a month later and I was like, Hey, like I'm moving to New York, but I think you're amazing. Um, and I love you. And if you would want to come to New York, that would, I would love that, but you do not have to at all. And then I moved to New York and like a month later, she was like, okay, I'm going to move to New York. And then Aww. she moved to New York and then um, I got fired and I was like, all right, we got to go back to LA now. <laughs> and she was like, whoa, that's not cool. Uh, so then we stayed in New York f- for her job for like eight more months. What does she do? She's great. She's a writer and a photographer for this company um, called Free People. Mm-hmm. They're the best. Yeah. What is, I've it's heard like of a them. clothing company. Uh-huh. Dude, she, she rules so much. She does, she's such, she's so good at her job. She just takes photos and it's like writes. It's like a lifestyle type blog. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really cool. You should check it out. Yeah. Her, her name's uh, Joanna. I don't think she could get in trouble for this. I don't know why she would. For going out with you? Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I don't know. That guy said he used to do drugs. Like, yeah, all right. Sorry about that. I, um, doubt, I, I, don't, I doubt they've met her. No, no. But yeah, you should another. check You should check it out. She's so good at it. She takes really cool photos and writes really well. Um, but she was doing it on the East Coast, and now she does it for the West Coast. Cool. Yeah. she. It's it's Her company's so nice to like let her do that. Yeah. That is yeah. that is convenient. Very I nice. I will check that out. You should. She's the, she's the best at it. Let's see. I asked some people uh, on Twitter if they had any questions, but I didn't give people enough time. So let's just see what came in. That sounds great. And we have a little song that we play when we do this. It's the topic, topic sombrero. We asked for topics and you sent them in. It's the topic. Topic Sombrero Now pick a topic and let's begin It's the Topic Sombrero It's a long intro It is <laughs> And it doesn't I even like I, quite fit the segment I, I, like, I like, I just go, that's a long intro And with no joking, you just go, it is <laughs> It was no, like, <laughs> I know, it was like, I know it is <laughs> Uh, yeah. Well, the th- and the thing is that that is a song that went with a segment where we used to ask people to send in topics and then we'd pull them out of a sombrero. Oh, but now okay. we're off hat. Yeah. And But this is still stuff coming in Wait, on I'll make Twitter. you a new one real quick. Here we go. It's time for topic time. There you go. You got it. Perfect. Just, Thank you. That was it now. That. You're done. All right. Both Michael... A topic Ch- time. <laughs> you got two <laughs> options now. Did I talk over those? No, no. Because we're going to have to grab them. Okay, here. I'll do one again. Here we go. A topic time. Um, and it's time for the topic time. There we go. One of those is good. Perfect. That'd be great. Okay. Um, both Michael Chicos and Mr. Natalie have a similar question, okay. which is, 
Have him tell the story about how Jay Moore thought he was some sort of bum knocking at his door. That's Michael Chico's. Okay. And then Mr. Natalie said, ask him if Jay Moore really almost threw down on him before his podcast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that's very real. Jay almost fought me. What one happened? Time over at his house. It's a, we talk about on Jay's podcast. It's like a 10, it's like a, it's a kind of a long story. If you go listen to Jay's podcast, it's a full story. I'll give you the rundown. Um, I, Jay and I had met like via Twitter or whatever. He's like, yeah, you should come do my podcast. And I fucking love Jay Moore. So I was like, absolutely. He's like, uh, be over at my house at this time. I go over there that time and knock on the door. He answers and I don't say who I am. I just thought he'd figure, I thought he would know, oh, that's Brooks. But I was just like, what's up? And I was <laughs> And I like on like a big, I had on like this hat and a beard and he'd only see me on SNL. It's like clean shaven, you know? Um, and he was like, what are you doing here? Oh, and geez. I thought he was doing, I thought he was fucking with me. So I was like, yeah, I'm here to steal this bike. That's what I'm doing here. And he had a little, his son had like a bike right there. And he was like, get the fuck out of here. And I, was like, <laughs> I was like, oh yeah. Right after I take this bike. And then like, he like pushed me and I was like, what are you? Do? I was like, whoa. And then I was, so I thought he was still fucking with me. I was like, thought about like arm dragging him. Cause I know he likes wrestling and I uh -huh. grew up wrestling. And then he's like, I'm not kidding. I was like, whoa, you're really committing to this bit right now. And then he like slammed the door and went into his house and went to call the cops because he thought I was like a drifter. Uh huh. And uh, turn and then he looks at it and it, it, I had texted like, hey, man, I'm pulling up. And he's like, oh, fuck. And then he opened up the door. He's like, are you Brooks Whelan? And I was like, <laughs> yeah. He's like, I almost fought you. I was like, what? I was never close to fighting you. Yeah. <laughs> and then we became, then it's like kind of an immediate friendship. Right. Because then we were like, well, that was, yeah, I love that dude. So that's what happened. There's like a longer story where Jay tells his side of it over on his podcast. I Now I feel bad that I didn't try to attack you or accuse you of anything when you came in. I just let you in. No, but we'd met before. So yeah, it would have been different. weird. Yeah. yeah. yeah it would have been really weird. Right. Yeah. All right. So yeah, that was fun. <laughs> Let's do Just Me or Everyone. But first, I want to tell you guys, Allison Rosen is your new best friend is supported by audible.com. Do you listen to audiobooks? Um, I, uh, no. Well, if you're going to start, I'd recommend audible.com. I've gotten one off audible.com a long time ago and it was good. It, I think it was like a book about Columbus and I liked it, which I'm behind. Like people hate Columbus so much. I'm like, just, he was an all right explorer. Everybody sucked back then. Yeah. It, they did. Yeah. It's like he had, he, he was the worst. He enslaved everybody. I'm like, yeah, but everybody did. He's a nightmare for sure. But like, come on, he sailed. He took a big leap there. It was a wrong leap. I'm super. <laughs> he thought that America wasn't around, but yeah, he's a, he got the he got the biggest oopsie turned right of all time. And you wouldn't even know this if you hadn't listened to that book. Audible is the internet's leading provider of spoken word entertainment, information, and educational programming. You can download content from Audible and playback on your smartphone, portable device, or your PC whenever and wherever you like. So you guys are podcast listeners. Listen to books. And my listeners would probably enjoy – I'm going to recommend two titles. One is Dear Mrs. Fitzsimmons by – recent guest greg fitzsimmons oh, I mean, he's the best he's the best and then also jen kirkman's i can barely take care of myself she's the best They're, you got two of the best there. two of the best yeah and a book about columbus is in there somewhere i think there is one yeah audible is offering you guys allison rose is your new best friend listeners a free audiobook of your choice and a free 30-day trial membership just go to audiblepodcast.com slash bff Again, that's audiblepodcast.com slash BFF and choose from over 180,000 titles. Download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audiblepodcast.com slash BFF. That's audiblepodcast.com slash BFF to get started today. Okay, let's do Just Me or Everyone. 
That was a more timely. I I like that one better. You don't want to do your version of it? What was what's this segment called? I'll try it. It's called Just Me or Everyone. It's Tavo. Just me or everyone. There you go. You got it there if you want it. Can we have one more just for safety? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. It's Tavo, just me or everyone. <laughs> Maybe one of those. I feel like we got it. Cool. Um, this is where people write in with things they think or do and they wonder, is it just me or everyone? And then Whoa, we weigh in. Out. Is that a blue apron there? Is there a Blue Apron? Talk about Blue Apron later? Not on this particular episode, oh, but man. I have recently. But we could talk about it. I fucking love Blue Apron. They're great. Yeah. I'm a huge... Especially I in New York. super wish Blue Apron was in this episode because uh, they would love that. But I go have, ahead. Uh, yeah. New, Blue Apron was great for New York because you, you have to fucking carry your groceries. Yeah. Like, you have to carry your groceries everywhere. So as a bitch, I was always just buying for one meal at a time. And then I got Blue Apron. It made my relationship better because me and the lady were cooking together. And then, um, and then I ate better and I learned about cooking. Blue Apron, I'll take a year's supply of Blue Apron for that plug, please. Email me at, uh, well, maybe don't put it on that. Uh, I'm joking. I need 15 or so seconds to lament the fact that Blue Apron is not in this particular episode. I'm staring at producer Jeff, Colonel Jeff. He has a title. How lamentable is it because that was such a good plug this that would have been the perfect genuine yeah i'm sorry uh, segue uh, it's possible that you know it's it's making me think we could just schedule this around a blue apron episode but i don't know i'd have to look at this is a whole thing it's a whole thing it's a whole thing you know what it's It's really big in the comedy community in new york it just kind of it's getting better and better it did like is it just like like uh well i don't say his name but a, but a, a comedian I love was like, you got to get Blue Apron. And then I was like, what is that? And then I got it. And then we text about it a lot now. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's amazing. You can't pay for testimonials like this. You can't. I'm having a Blue Apron get And they're not. But that's the thing is they're not. <laughs> I, I'm really like against advertisements. Like I don't want to be in commercials. And if I ever am, it's because I'm super broke. Okay. Um, unless it's for Mountain Dew. <laughs> I totally will get behind Mountain Dew, Leica cameras. I fucking love them. And uh, Blue Apron. Those are like the three things wow. that, I, that I like was like, I use these. I love these. I will talk about them. Oh, this is a real sad day for me. All right. Jesse says, can't decide which of the window or aisle seats create a less socially awkward situation. And uh, I know what you mean, because if you're in the aisle, then there's someone walking past you to go to the bathroom. If you're in the window, then you have to go past people. I personally prefer the aisle so that I don't have to. I I would rather have people needing to get by me than needing to get by people. Yeah. Oh, that's that says a lot about you as a person. What does it say about me? That you uh, don't want to bug anyone. Yeah. That you're very worried about um, being in people's ways. Mm-hmm. I ding, go. Ding. I go. Uh, window every time really because planes fucking put me to sleep it is like the luckiest superpower ever like i zonk out in a plane and then i just lean on the window the one time i did end up in a window because i always i always choose the aisle but the one time i was in a window i was like oh it actually is easier to sleep here it's because you lean on plus i'm super on the tall wall. and my foot always goes in the fucking aisle and then the, the cart hits it yeah. also if you're on the aisle or the window give the fucking middle person both elbows that's what i like you got your own elbow lean right. out a little bit like i get so mad when i'm i get stuck in the middle and then somebody's like 
like on my elbow thing. I'm like, dude, come on. You got the better seat. Just let me have this elbow. Mm-hmm. I don't want to sit with my fucking arms in the air. I agree with you. Yeah. Because where do you put them if you don't? I guess you just have to sort of put them in front of you. Oh, it stinks. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, I'm really bummed out when I got to do a middle. Jmos and Bobo says, when at Trader Joe's and they don't ask me what I'm making, I think, what the fuck? When I should really be thanking them. So we talk a lot on this show about do you shop at Trader Joe's at all? Um, I do. I don't have like a particular grocery store, whatever is I'm around. Well, Trader Joe's. I love Trader Joe's. Though. They're very, very chatty. And I think it must be some kind of company mandate that they have to talk to you about your selections. Sure. Um, so what she's saying is she always wonders, hey, why aren't you making the small talk with me when really she should be thankful? I kind of think you should be thankful because then you don't have, you're not forced to make the small talk back. Yeah, that's, you're right. That is a thing where it's like, you find something annoying, and then as soon as it doesn't happen, you're like, hey, I kind of like that. Yeah. I don't know a specific example. Uh, Allison, did I tell you that I've done market research on this topic? Really? Yes. I know two people that are that work at Trader Joe's, and I asked them specifically about it. Because when they're real chatty, I always I, it bothers me because I feel bad for them. I think, oh, well, somebody's making you chat with me. Right, and, yeah. You know, it's cool. I know you're working, and it's it's you don't have to. So I asked both of them. I said... The super chattiness at the register or the did you find everything when you're mm-hmm. in the aisle? I said, is that something that you're required to or you're encouraged to do or you're strongly encouraged to? And the the one guy said that it's encouraged. It's not mandatory, but the, he, he wound up doing it and really enjoys it because then it makes his time at the register happier. Sure. And it makes his yeah. time go faster. And then the other person, she said... It's strongly encouraged. And depending on the manager, there's one that she had that if she doesn't see you being super chatty, mm-hmm. you will get in trouble. Oh, I don't like that. Yeah, that's, that's not cool. Yeah. That's, I believe I told this story before, but it begs being told again. We were checking out of Trader Joe's. We were buying dog treats for Wendy. And like, it was a delight. I met Wendy. Yeah. Th- oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. I was buying some dog treats and like a tomato and a couple other items. And the woman, maybe she worked for this manager because I don't know if this is a local story, but she, cause she was like, Oh, do- your dog must really like these treats. What kind of dog do you have? And then, uh, Daniel said a Cavalier King Charles. She's like, Oh, I've never heard of that dog. Is it gray? And I was like, she's so desperate to make convo. Well, I think you also might've just been had a socially awkward uh, girl. Maybe. Who didn't know how to talk. I've had the over-caffeinated, super yeah. friendly uh, cashier. Yeah. Where she's just like... Rah, 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 rah. Yeah. I've had, yeah. Um, I feel bad. One time, me and my girlfriend were in a fight in Trader Joe's, and I brought the cashier into it. I was like, who's right here? And she was like, I don't know, man. Please don't do this. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Who was right? I don't even remember what the fight was about. All right. That's probably, my, my super diplomatic. Like, Where were you? Like, <laughs> she'll just disappear in Trader Joe's and she's like slightly below where you can't see her head like from the – like it's like she's just small enough to where I can't see her head over the aisles. Mm-hmm. So then I'm just looking around Trader Joe's with like four things in my hands. And I'm like, you need to you need to stick to a regimen because she just goes aisle. There's no path. And I get – I'm like, really? you go up. You just need a – see, she's probably right is what we're getting at here is that I overreacted. <laughs> I think that's what we just learned. Uh, Angie Twombly says, I hate when people at work are sick and automatically say, I'm not contagious before going to the doctor. What do you mean? Meaning 
they don't know whether they're contagious or not. They're just uh, announcing yeah. that they aren't contagious. I'm not contagious. Yeah, man. I, dude, if, if I had, if I thought I might be sick in a week, I would call in at my engineering jobs. Be like, I ain't. I would, I got to the point where I would just email. That was like, when you stop calling and you just email, like, I ain't coming in today. I, in parentheses, I, cough, cough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Set the alarm to call in sick. It was great. Right. Um, PB&B says, have to start headbanging to Bohemian Rhapsody in the car a la Wayne's World and often see other 30-somethings doing the same. Uh, no, I don't do that, but I think a lot of people probably do. Sure. I don't do it either but because I feel like it would give me a headache. Yes, me too. Rich H says, sometimes I get halfway through leaving a voicemail and proudly think I am nailing this one. I can relate to that. I don't ever think that though. The thought I always have in the midst of my voicemail is this is rambling. I've lost the point. I don't think they're going to think it's charming. They would have preferred the short brief message they had recommended I leave. You're totally right. I always call no voicemail text. What mm. I meant. That was the other thing. When I was like single, I would always call girls whose numbers I got instead of voicemailing, instead of texting, because I was like, I feel like this is a mature move. Right. And oh, no one answers. And then you just end up texting like, hey, it's the dude from the party. Uh, how's it going? I I was, I kid you not, just last night I was thinking I could count on my hands the number of actual phone conversations like long phone conversations that Daniel and I have had. Yeah. Our whole and that was that was the first relationship I think that was just exclusively text. How long have you guys been together now? Uh like four years. Okay, cool. When did you get married? Um I got married in March of two thousand fourteen. That's awesome. Thank you. Congrats. Where did you, you get married? I'm interested. We in got this. married I would have came to this wedding. <laughs> Thanks oh, thank for the you. In, thanks for the evite. We got married at San Ysidro Ranch in Santa Barbara. That's awesome. It was really, yeah, it's a really pretty location. Um, okay. Marvin the Earthling says, just me or everyone, pronounce envelope, but when saying push the envelope, I pronounce it envelope. Oh, sorry. I left out a word. Pronounce envelope, envelope, but when saying push the envelope, I pronounce it envelope. I do the same. It's an envelope, just, but it's push the envelope. I'm just surprised. I like Marvin the Earthling is his name. It's like, you. You look, Marvin, I doubt you're an Earthling. Okay. Like you're <laughs> trying like, I'm Marvin the Earthling. Marvin, we don't say the Earthling after. I'm just Brooks, man. Like I think that you are probably not an Earthling. You're right. Um, yeah. And envelope, sure. Whatever. I don't Whatever else he said. Well, I was too, I was too um, distracted. Distracted. Okay, but I'm just saying, if you were to reach for a piece of paper and the thing you put it in, what do you so call it? An envelope. Get the envelope. Push the envelope. Yeah. It's just, we all. Why do we all do that? It's great. Apparently, they do it from wherever Marvin's from too. Yeah, Marvin. What? The, I Marvin. Don't ever send in again. Okay, I can't even stand your lies. <laughs> Don't listen to him, Marvin. Yeah. <laughs> Squeezely says, after hand washing dishes, I always lay spoons down to dry bowl down so water doesn't dry and create gross, crusty marks. I won't even hand wash dishes, so that's where you lost me. But I know what you're saying. It's smart. I, my girlfriend, she'll put cups away um, upside down. Yeah. Right? I put them away right side up because I'm like, I don't remember ever deep scrubbing our cabinet. Like, and we're putting the part our lips go on, on the cabinet. Uh -oh. uh, but her thing is like, but then there's water in there. And I'm like, but then who cares? I'll drink water. I don't want dusty lips. I, you've changed my entire cup situation yes. now. Thank you. Ray Morgan says when paying with cash, I always hand the bills tail side up, not on purpose. Just happens that way. What is tail side up on a bill? The non-presidential face. Oh, okay. 
Who cares? <laughs> it's still money. Well, that attitude does not work well for this segment. It oh, okay. threatens to kill oh, the whole wait, segment. Wait, so we need to say, I didn't know that we have to take a hard stance on this You segment. don't have to take a hard stance. You just have to have an You're opinion. just strongly encouraged to. Oh, okay. Well, in that case, what color's your dog? <laughs> That's a great callback. Um, no, I know. I got it. I liked it. Uh, but you have to assume the dog is gray. Oh, is your dog gray? You got a gray dog? What does it do? <laughs> it likes treats. Um just to just give the money heads up. I mean, if you get an option, to just do the heads up. But right. if you, but who cares? I, I'm going to stand by my who cares. It's fine. It's yeah. fine. I, I wish we had the drop of uh, Greg Proops is on the show, a live show. And he also was sort of overwhelmed with the um, with the triviality of these. And but and also how some of them like speak to neuroses, which is kind of the fun of, of the segment, though. And he came up with this whole spontaneous song about like, there's a, a chicken on my stoop and I'm afraid of pudding. And- oh, man. She just tell me I'm not living up to Greg Proop's standards, but I get that. He's the best. Do you want to come up with a song about this? Uh, dude, I mean, sure. Do it. But, but I don't even know what we're doing right now. All right. Well, let's just finish it out and then I'll explain it. Okay. Okay. Danny Deegan says, just me or everyone, feel really good about using the last of the deodorant. Like I've really accomplished something today. I I get get that. I get that 100%. You didn't lose it. Right. Way to go. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That was just me or everyone. So here's, so just me or everyone, people write in with these things that they think or they do. Okay. Here's the genesis of it. Sure. Uh, When I was living in New York, I saw a fire truck whiz past me and I thought, "Uh uh-oh, what if it's headed to my apartment? What if my apartment's burning down? What if I left my straightening iron plugged in? And I realized every single time I see a fire truck, I have that chain, those thoughts. That goes back to you don't want to bug anybody. It's you don't want to be your fault. Right, I yeah. guess. But and I, but I was like, does everyone think that when a fire sure. truck passes them or am I just neurotic slash OCD? Is that me? Okay. So then that started us doing the segment, which we've been doing ever since. And now people write in with their things. And so the whole thing is just, is it just me or is it everyone? Okay. Um, man, you're talking about one of the worst improvisers of all time too, by the way. Uh, okay. It, also, I got to but I do have a voice like a bird. <laughs> um that's a fire truck. I can't believe it that I did that. But who cares? Because I get new things. Is that just me or is it everybody? Done. Super good. Great. great. I wow. Don't, I don't really rhyme in my jokes, in my uh, songs. I'm more of a Bob Dylan type. Um, you're, no, you're more of an artiste. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Where There doesn't need to be structure no. or, or anything that makes it a real song. It was more about the feeling. For That's me. great. I feel good about that. I'm. I have trouble. I have committing to bits trouble. Really? What so happens? I just. I. Uh, that's why I'm bad at improv. If something's not working, I'll be like done. Like I just. If as soon as I can feel like it's not going to hit, I'll bounce. Yeah. Versus I, you, real in improv, you need to fucking commit. And have I'm you ever done like, a Herald? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I took UCB and stuff, but um. Yeah, I, at I was, the beginning, when you like pass an imaginary object, that was enough for me. I'm like, I can't, I can't get into the bouncy ball. You're yeah. bouncing towards me. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I auditioned to get onto like a Herald team at UCB, and I didn't. And then I was like, well, I guess I'm done with that forever. And I, <laughs> yeah, but I made some cool friends at UCB, which, like, people who are like, what should I do out here when they move to LA? I'm like, take classes at UCB. I mean, it might not be your thing, but, uh, but you meet people who are who are trying to do what you're trying to do, and right. I made a lot of friends that way. Right. Yeah, it's just a great place to meet people who are at your level. You guys. But I but I also I don't I'm not crazy about it. Like about giving a ton of money to go do comedy. 
So it's right. both ways. Right. Or acting, it seems. No, yeah, but I mean, you don't pay money to go on auditions. No, but I mean, oh, you're, you were classes. saying you don't want to take acting classes. Well, that's yeah. because, yeah, I just don't like, I guess I just don't, I'm not great at, it's just the whole thing if I don't want to be there. Like, I don't, but, um, but UCB's been more than cool to me. So I'll back them up any day. I haven't been to their new location. The Franklin one? It's massive. No, Franklin I have been to. I haven't yeah, been to Sunset. Yeah, you've been to the Sunset one. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I mean, they built that while I was gone and I came back and I was like, what? Um, but, you know, it's, it's kind of like the similar, like there's UCB in New York and then there's UCB East. And the original is is better just because it's more, I think it was, I don't know what it is. Maybe it was just less um, corporate. Like they just found a space and there's mm-hmm. comedy there and it's in a basement and it's intimate. And the other one they built, it's nice and it's shiny and it's kind of big. So it's tougher to do stuff in nice, shiny places. You know what I right. mean? And the Franklin one is old school and it's in there and you're crammed. And the other one is shiny and it's big. So it's just kind Does of Does it harder. have a parking lot? It's got a parking lot like upstairs. I don't know. But then you have to like uh, – it, it has a parking lot, but um, you have to – valet it oh my whole thing my whole new la thing let's I mean, we'll see if it works is i'm just gonna let everything be determined by where i can park easily I, have, I am so tired of total, impossible parking lots situations I, curious i have a skateboard in my car at all times and that way i just park far away and skate there but then you look but then i look like an asshole because i like show up with the skateboard to do a comedy show and they're like what did you skate here i'm like no but my car's a half mile away i don't feel like fucking <laughs> ballet in it maybe i should get into skateboarding get into skateboarding that's what i'm gonna do yes that's what we figured this out on you know this podcast house and i'm where excited about i'm that. gonna buy a skateboard i'm just gonna click through the Blue amazon apron. banner well no, one okay. day amazon banner amazon, I have, there's an amazon banner on my website at allisonrosen.com if you want to help out the show click through that banner uh, it doesn't cost you anything extra. It helps out the show. Buy a skateboard. Oh, dude, buy, you can buy my vinyl album off there. Buy your album, yeah, um, uh, which is called This Is this Cool, is cool right? right? Yeah. It's on vinyl, which was a huge financial mistake. Is it colored vinyl? No. Uh, now, I, I, I already wanted, wish I hadn't asked that because I could tell as you answered that it wasn't. That's well, okay, I wanted though. to go as old school as possible. I made it look Is it gray? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I like that Call callback. Call back to the callback. Um no, I wanted to make it look like a seventies. It's like got like a seventies um uh vibe on it. That's so cool. Is it yeah. only available on vinyl? No, you can get it off iTunes. I just don't have a CD. I don't that's the only physical copy available is on vinyl. Right. You can get it off iTunes and Amazon. You could just buy the digital download. Cool. Yeah. Well everyone should go get that. Click you should the check Amazon it out. I'm banner. proud of it. Yeah, I like it a lot. Um and everyone should check out your Comedy Central. Half hour. Yeah, but I, in all honesty, I just did stuff on my album. I, I just listen to my album, and then if you like it, you can see it acted out on on television with a ho- with the rollerblading bit. <laughs> all right, so there's that. Uh, when is that going to air? Who who knows? We just shot it, so I would I don't know. Probably maybe not till November or something. You know what? Just stick through the Amazon. Ba- stick with the Amazon banner. Also, there's PayPal links on my website. Thank you guys so much for your Amazon support, your PayPal support. Big gigantic news in the Allison Rosen is your new best friend world. The ringtone that we have available. Let's hear it. Hey hey hey! Go fuck yourself. Is now available on all platforms. If you go to Gumroad, that's G U M R O A D dot com slash Allison Rosen, and the Touch the Tushy ringtone or single, depending on how you want to use it, is also available there. Um, touch the tushy, touch, touch the tushy, tushy, touch the tushy, touch, touch. A long the story, bro. Yeah, no, it sounds tushy, like it's probably touch, a long story. <laughs> I can't imagine that was like, hey, we should do a Touch the Tushy ringtone. <laughs> you got it. 
You're right. It didn't yeah. come about that way. No. But anyway, and you can also get Hey Go Fuck Yourself on uh, your on your on vinyl. Colored on vinyl. vinyl, right? Yeah. Your iPhone in the iTunes store, but now there's the Gumroad dot com slash Allison Rosen way as well and two special bonus episodes uh available recorded live at the LA Podcast Festival first one with Doug Benson and Greg Proops next one with Doug Benson musician Matt Costa and the former Thursday Gang those are dollar ninety nine in the comedy album section of the iTunes store they might be on Gumroad by the time you hear this I think that they probably will be uh follow me on Twitter at Allison Rosen follow the show's Twitter feed at ARIYMBF email us ARIYMBF show at gmail.com Jeff where should we go for you I'm Colonel Jeff Fox on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is the other one. And I'll be por- performing uh, improv in a cashier's line at uh, Silver Lake Trader <laughs> Joe's 530 tonight. Perfect. Oh, nice. I like that Trader Joe's. That's my Trader Joe's. It's a good jam. Yeah. And Brooks, uh, throw out all your plugs and things that you want to say to I the mean, people. I just just check out my in- – I just like Instagram, to be honest. But if you don't look at it, that's fine, too. Um, <laughs> I'm going to Europe for a month. It's like to it in two days, so I won't be around for a while. So I don't have any gigs coming up. All right. Actually, you know what? I'm I'm kind of trying to get out of comedy clubs and go more into small rock venues, like 200 seat theaters. One, I don't want to leave comedy clubs completely, but I I, I like shows more with this 200 like hardcore fans, you know, right. in a small rock venue. So I'm doing a tour of the South in November and a tour of the Midwest in um, October. So very cool. Check, out, check those out. Everyone, check those yeah, out. Small cities, one show, then bounce, and no two, sh- no two shows in the night. Because if you ever, if you ever have an option to come to like one or like, if I have two shows, go to the earlier one because the second one, I'm like, I already did it. I'm like bored with it. Yeah, early shows are better. That's another one of those things you don't want to do. What you don't want to do. Well, I mean, if 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 it's a huge uh, financial disaster, I will immediately jump back to the. I mean, this is just w- what I'd rather. Right. Well, you're thinking you're going to try. Yeah, I I think like the comedians I really love are like Kyle Kinane and and like Nick Thune, and that's how they that's how they go about it, and I think they cultivated a real cool fan base that way. Cool. Well, thank you so much for coming by. This Thanks was for awesome. Me on. It was really nice. That yeah, was fun. Uh, very much so. Listeners, I love you guys. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen Show? We had a good time, but now we gotta go. 